1: That how many fans start showing up. So visit ScoreNorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Shaw on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Really disappointing, personally, being able to miss that and uh, miss the opportunity to go play in that game. But um, <clears throat> as far as the process is how it's gone since, it's been really smooth. Um, since the diagnosis, there's been no surprises. Um, from the morning we took the MRI to. Coming into going into the surgery, coming out of the surgery, and then everything since then, there's been no surprises. Um, They've done a really good job diagnosing what you know what it was, how to treat it, and what are the steps going to be to get me back full strength and if not better.
1: Reckless speculation.
0: There he is, Brian O'Neill. Just uh, rehabbing the partially torn Achilles. We're gonna we're gonna start with some Vikings nuggets here on Reckless Speculation Thursday. Darren Doogie Wilson from the Five Eyewitness News sports team, the Scoop Podcast. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Dude.
2: Happy May the Fourth be with you. That's Happy right. Reckless Speculation oh, Thursday. God. The no, combination. I, I, of the you got it, wrong, no, you I, got it wrong, dude. You got
1: it wrong. It's, you're it's right. reckless Dooges, speculation. Dooges, you're fine. Thursday, and then that Star Wars crap. No, it's so corny. No, yeah, exactly. Always two. I'm there very, are very corny, always two. Me. There are Doogie, you and I here. Okay, I'm always totally two. with Phil on this. No, actually, I'm totally definitely with Phil on
2: an island. I just I wanted to say it. Oh, dang it, it was okay. more just a figure of speech. I really don't care about Star Wars.
0: No, I do. Maybe I'm hypocritical really because I do celebrate Austin 316 Day in March.
2: That's fine.
1: Okay. Also, okay. So, well, yeah. I, I feel that's sure. better. I feel that's way more legit and not as corny though. Yeah. Uh, what, Austin 316 day? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that
0: one more. It's the only it's day of the year typical. where you can just get you give a stranger a stone cold star what? on the sidewalk. Exactly.
2: I'm big What's on celebrating today? 420.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> okay, hot- yeah, bye. All right. no.
2: Maybe just soon. Maybe him.
0: soon, you'll be able to do it out of the shadows. You, you know, you never know. We'll see what happens.
2: I don't know. We can't even get sports betting. Well, Amen. Sports betting again has hit some sort of wall. So if we can't even get sports betting here in Minnesota, not quite sure about the legalization <sighs> well, of we marijuana. We just we
0: just started a few years ago being able to buy alcohol on Sundays. Let us lean into our vices, okay? Seriously. Let us lean into our vices. What's next? Selling cars on Sundays? Oh my God! <laughs> That's gonna be crazy. <laughs> Mind blown. So, all right, um, let's start here. There's there's some Vikings nuggets we can get to some Timberwolves and other stuff here. But uh, Doogie joins us every Thursday and bonus scoops on Tuesdays, inside information and fun speculation about Minnesota sports teams. The Vikings did a lot of, you know, defensive fortification in the off season with with Byron Murphy and 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 they bring in uh, Marcus Davenport. They spend three draft picks on defense. They bring in another number two wide receiver, so they fortify their weapons. Most notably, the only position they really haven't touched at all in free agency, meaningfully, anyways, in free agency or the draft is the offensive line doogie. So it sounds like at this point, they're going to run back the same offensive line. You do have, if Brian O'Neill comes back fully healthy from the partially torn Achilles, two of the best tackles in the NFL. You brought back Bradbury. Uh, you're hoping that Ingram gets better in his second year. So uh, wh- what do you make? What are you hearing and what do you make about the Vikings offensive line? They're just kind of running it back.
2: Yeah, I mean, they even brought back Ole Udo. I mean, I was actually surprised that he didn't chase maybe a better opportunity elsewhere. But yeah, in many ways, it looks like they are going to run this thing back on Brian O'Neill, who we heard from to introduce this segment. So yeah, partially torn Achilles. He'll be ready for the start of training camp. Now, he may be limited those first few days, but there are no concerns. You know, barring some sort of setback, Brian O'Neill will be good to go for week one. We'll know the opponent, what, next Thursday? So sounds like schedule release. Next Thursday, one week from today, so we'll combine yes. Reckless Speculation Thursday with the so Vikings' excited. schedule release. But whomever that opponent is week one, all signs point to Brian O'Neill being good to go. They certainly looked at a number of offensive linemen. Even in the middle rounds, they had a kid in from William & Mary. Name escapes me. I think he went a little bit higher than they had anticipated. But they certainly liked a handful of guys, but just the way the board shook out, There just wasn't an opportunity to gobble up one of those guys. There are still some free agents available. Now, Billy Turner, my guy from Moundsview High School, he came off the board this week. He'll go reunite with his guy Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets. I did check. The Vikings were never in on Billy Turner. There was not one inquiry made on Billy Turner. Perhaps the best remaining interior offensive lineman, we can debate it, but Dalton Risner, You know, he's got the history with the Denver Broncos. So the Vikings offensive line coach, I mentioned this with Jed on Tuesday, Phil. So the Vikings offensive line coach was actually at Dalton's wedding a few years ago. So they have this close bond. There was this thought from the Dalton camp that at some point the Vikings would show interest. Now, maybe they do eventually, but, you know, in the moment I can tell you, no, nothing going on at this point with the Vikings. And Risner. So at this point, Phil, yeah, it certainly looks like we're going to run this thing back after they re-signed Garrett Bradbury. He had an opportunity, if he wanted to, to go to San Francisco, but bypassed the Niners offer, came back, reasonable contract at, what, $5 million a year. So Garrett Bradbury, the starting center. Ed Ingram, you know, we can debate Ed Ingram, right? But they think, at least my sense is, they think, hey, like, took his lumps as a rookie last year, started every game that he's only going to get better. So you've got Ed Ingram at one guard spot. You've got Ezra Cleveland at the other guard spot. Then, as you mentioned, you've got two of the best tackles in the game. So at this point, now there's always fluidity to the roster. Maybe it changes July, August. Maybe some guy becomes available via trade or is released, right? So subject to change. But as we sit here on May 4th, yes. I mean, right now it looks like the Vikings starting offensive line will be the starting offensive line we saw for a majority of last year.
1: What's intriguing about that too is is the fact that he, you know you don't start Ed Ingram 16 games or 17 games unless you are pretty convinced as bad as he might have played at times as a rookie that he's going to develop into a guy but he I guess is the one guy that, that's going to be interesting to watch in the off-season workouts into training camp to see if there are potential r- red flags there. And I'll go back to last year, you know, This coaching staff, to a certain point, tipped its hand just a little bit, at least, by the fact that when training camp opened late last July, Lewis Seen had lost that job. Like, Cam Bynum was the safety from day one. So they clearly do make some decisions based on what they see, and I wonder what they're going to be looking for from Ed, because that would be the only spot, I think, where you would be legitimately concerned of, okay, he got his chance, we thought he improved, but there has to be a next step, right? Like, it can't just be, well, he's still, okay. I mean, he tripped Kirk Cousins two or three times. you got to get past that type of stuff. I
0: think it was like three times in one game, actually. So, like, the season, in season sure. total, yeah, might be more like ten.
2: <laughs> I mean, I will also tell you, at the other guard spot, I still think there's some uncertainty with Ezra Cleveland. Like, to me, his year last year was very much a roller coaster. I've had people ask me, hey, have the Vikings attempted to extend Ezra Cleveland my sense is no on that not to say that it maybe doesn't happen down the road but my sense is my understanding is no there have not been any sort of extension talks I've long thought even though Cleveland has now been a guard for multiple years so the optics say Ezra Cleveland you are not a tackle you are a guard but coming out of Boise he was a tackle right the thought process was pre-draft hey I am going to play tackle in the NFL so I can't help but think at some point Maybe it's some reckless speculation to fit the theme of today, but I can't help but think at some point, maybe free agency, that Ezra would like to profile himself to teams as, "Hey, I can play tackle. If you want me for guard, maybe okay, depending on the money. But hey, I can certainly play tackle for you."
0: Well, would he be? Because sometimes you know, sneaky trades happen, like like you said, once you get to training camp and you know, injuries happen, if the Vikings aren't planning on extending him and he's going into the last year of his contract, then they have to weigh. Okay, what's our depth behind him? Could we get like a you know I remember back uh it was 10 years ago, the Vikings traded like a fifth or sixth round pick for Jeremiah Searles to come in. And he was a tackle right right on the eve of the regular season, right? So you like you can get picks for guys like Ezra Cleveland if you decide you're not going to extend him and you have depth behind him. He's a he's a solid but like you said kind of roller coaster player, not great in pass protection good as a run blocker. So I that is that is one to watch here as the next you know twelve weeks go by.
2: Well, I mean I think there's a lot to watch, right? I mean, he's one to watch. I mean, how about the guys that are not out in Egan right now? Can't stress enough. Voluntary workouts, these are not mandatory workouts, but yet again, yesterday when we had some access out there, Daniil Hunter not spotted, Zadarius Smith not spotted, Dalvin Cook not spotted. Now Justin Jefferson not spotted. I wouldn't worry about that one right but those other three guys I mean you know you talk about Ezra right I mean you know there's still going to be some finality on on some of those situations I still think the Vikings end up ultimately giving Daniil some sort of raise I see Daniil Hunter here in 2023 I continue to not see Dalvin Cook here in 2023 Zadarius I would say that's the one where there's some uncertainty like I think the Vikings would love to find a way to have Zadarius on this roster in 2023 so I think there's still some things to figure out on that front. But I do think Dalvin ends up elsewhere. I do think Daniil Hunter is here.
1: All right, to fit the the mantra of today to recklessly speculate, buzz off Star Wars. Reckless I'm going to I'm going to warn people. Sorry, Declan, I'm going to warn you if you're easily triggered by re- reckless speculation, earmuffs right now. But recklessly speculate for me, Darren. Is Justin Jefferson not there because he is shooting a commercial or a promo for something? Or is he not there because while he does have a contract, he is in line for an extension? And there would be a case to be made that you do not want to put yourself in jeopardy in any way, shape, or form until you get said extension. I'm not suggesting it. I'm asking you to recklessly speculate on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's specifically shooting a commercial or but, yes, the former, not the latter. It's not like okay. they're going all out. I mean, you know, they're doing some backpedaling. I mean, when he's working with his trainer, right, down in Florida, he's doing a lot of the stuff that they'd be doing on the backfields in Egan right now, right? So, like, he's going to be moving his body. It's not like he's going to sit on his lazy boy for the next three or four months oh, you know. until an extension is reached, right, be an fat. agreement on an extension is reached. So, yeah, more so the former. Former, not the latter. I don't have any sense, Judd, whatsoever. I love to okay. recklessly speculate. It's fun. I get it. We love to do it here on Thursdays, but I don't. I don't need to go there on this one at all. That there's any sort of animosity. That the negotiations are going sideways. That this is him making some sort of stand. Champagne problem. I would. I would wager a good amount of money. It's he's got something going on where you know he just he can't be here right now. Whether it is shooting a commercial or whatever it might sure. be. He's got I, his own stuff going on. These are voluntary workouts.
0: Maybe you should quit trying to drum up drama where there isn't any, Judd. Okay. Maybe you should. Maybe you should just uh, fall in line. Pour the here.
2: champagne for me. Well, These I mean, contract the heck, negotiations in Judd's, you know, same breath. I mean, you could say, well, you know, T.J. Hawkinson. Well, guess what? TJ's out there, right? So, I mean, sure. T.J. Hawkinson, same boat. I mean, I, you know, I foresee an extension being reached with with T.J. at some point, maybe even before the start of training camp, or Soon thereafter, well, TJ is out there in Egan. He was out there on the field yesterday working diligently with Josh Oliver, the other tight end. So I'm just saying, I mean, that's one example of a guy chasing that next contract who is in Egan right now.
0: TJ getting bombed at wild games is my is my new favorite thing. <laughs> and he brought along all of his Vikings tight end buddies. They're all just sitting in the same
1: row with wild jerseys. I, I saw a Reddit beer. thread that he was literally buying beer for people in the stance. He was. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he was, yeah.
2: He seems like a good dude. Like that first conversation I had with him in the locker room, I'm like, okay, like, you know, maybe he didn't get the respect he deserved or whatever. I mean, he was, what, a top 10 pick coming out of Iowa, but he got lost in the ineptitude of the Detroit Lions, who now are on the right path. But when he was there, lots of ineptitude, right? So, you know, he just didn't get maybe the the national recognition that, that he had deserved, but. Really, really good player. Really, really good guy. Really like TJ Hawkinson. You
0: no, know, that's a fun rich guy, right? Like I've always thought. You know, if I if I ever get rich, if I ever have fifty million dollars in the bank, like TJ Hawkinson is about to, I'm going to do fun things like just go to wild games and buy a whole section of beers for people. Linemen
1: too, right? Like like th- those guys. Yeah, know back tiara. Right, go chug a,
0: chug a couple beers on the exactly. jumbotron. Yes. So uh, Doogie, the the cornerback room, or or should I maybe say the defensive back room? Because of all the hybrids here, you got Cam Bynum's kind of a hybrid. You, you've got some hybrid safety cornerbacks, uh, Jay Ward, the LSU kid, and then you've got some hybrid maybe like safety linebacker types, like Lewis Seen can maybe drop down in the box, and so they've got all these guys in a bin, and then Harrison Smith, the elder statesman, to lead them. It just feels like a Brian Flores room, right? Just versatility, guys that can kind of go anywhere. They've got some guys that they like in man coverage in Blackman, the third round pick. Uh, do you think there are, there are a couple names I think still out there, but in free agency, but do you think this, this is the room? And now it's just going to be, all right, Byron Murphy's starting because he got paid in free agency. Harrison Smith is starting. They like Lewis Seen to start if he keeps going forward here, but the other two or three positions are. And nickel and dime are kind of up, up for grabs, right? This is the room.
2: Yeah, I mean, very much up for grabs. Now, Seen, for what it's worth, moved incredibly well yesterday. He looked good. Now, I get it. You're not in pads. You're not going full speed. You're not hitting. But I'm just saying, just watching him move, backpedal, all that stuff, he looked really, really good. And that's been the word from other people in Egan. Now, we'll need to see it ramp up July and August, but – he is trending very much in the right direction. I know Brian Flores is excited to coach Lewis Seen. Yeah, I mean, Rock Sin just came off the board yesterday to the Ravens, got upwards of $6 million, so I was asked the question, Phil, hey, like he was the best remaining free agent corner. Were the Vikings in on him? Well, no. The answer is no. The Vikings never had an ounce of interest in Rock Sin. Chandon Sullivan, who played for the Vikings last year, in the slot. He signed the other day with the Pittsburgh Steelers. One year, two-ish million dollars. I was asked, hey, did the Vikings ever have any interest in re-signing him? No. And it was mutual. He didn't want to be back, is my sense, right? He's excited to start a new chapter. So, in the, so the Steelers
0: but are, Steelers are, the are the just Vikings adopting the Vikings' change. defensive backfield, basically, is what's yeah. happening. Okay,
2: Yeah, essentially. Now, you mentioned Blackman. I've had some people tell me. Now, one of the people was Dennis Simmons, USC assistant head coach, slash wide receivers coach I caught up with Dennis earlier this week so I paint that picture because there's a bias right I mean he's going to go to bat for his guy but I've had a couple people including Dennis suggest to me that that Makai like he's going to start games this year I don't know if it'll be as soon as week one but like he's got a lot of those traits that Flores really really likes like you can put some money on Makai Blackman starting whatever it is if you want to put the over under at five and a half games six and a half games like he's going to start, it's going to be plural. Like, I think there's safe money there that Blackman is going to start games for the Vikings, but then you have a Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr. Both guys met with us yesterday. Both guys, right now, are in a good spot physically. You think about Evans. Three concussions last year, but he's medically cleared now. Booth, I mean, he had injuries going back to Clemson. I mean, just as a player, he was like a lock first-round pick, right? But the injury red flags forced him to fall to the very early second round a year ago. But just from a talent standpoint, Andrew Booth Jr. is really, really good. They just need to find a way to keep him on the field. So I would still bet on Booth Jr. if he can stay healthy, but maybe that's the play. Booth Jr. wins a job, starts early in the season, inevitably gets hurt, then Blackman <laughs> slides in. They did sign the former Patriot, Joan Williams, right? But he's just a guy. I mean, I think he has a chance to make the 53-man roster, but I don't think there's anything to be real, real excited about with the former second-round pick out of Andy Williams. The Vikings did lose Chris Boyd to Arizona. They were never interested in bringing back Chris Boyd.
1: I will say this, though, that, and from a roster construction standpoint, and I guess we, we can keep the theme on defense here. probably goes both ways, though. Here's what I really like, though. If you look defensively at who this team has trimmed out, aging veteran type of players who we all knew their names, it didn't make them the most effective still. And they're being replaced by young guys. They're being re- replaced by a guy like Davenport, who's not coming off a good year with the Saints, but he's coming out of his first contract. So I think that there is a very deliberate, and I actually think it's very wise, um, decision to get younger, more athletic, and and provide Flores with more components of players who who probably don't all mature into great players or possibly good players. But you've got enough of them now where I think you're uh, safely resetting the core. And I think that's a very good move for a team that had grown long in the tooth and appeared to embrace that. I like what they've done defensively and I like the fact that they are throwing young numbers at the defense because you're going to get some of those guys that mature and become good players.
2: Well, I mean, they had to get faster, right? I mean, I like what they've done too. I mean, Flores certainly has his fingerprints over a lot of these moves as well. It wasn't just hey, Kwesi saying, okay, I think this guy fits with Brian. I mean, Brian had a big say in a lot of these moves I had a conversation with one of those veterans that was jettisoned I had a nice conversation yesterday with Adam Thielen my first time actually catching up one-on-one with Adam since he signed with the Panthers there's no bad blood there like it worked out fine I mean he's got a nice contract with the Panthers he's excited about what they're trying to build down there he told me like even in the last couple weeks he's had a nice conversation with Kevin O'Connell he's had a nice conversation after everything happened his wife was mad Like, he's he feels like he's going to maintain, like, for the next handful of years, this really good relationship with KOC. So, like, there's zero bad blood. I mean, unless he was lying to me, but I don't think so. I mean, I was just trying to read. We did a Zoom, and so I was reading his body language and all that. Like, I really sensed, like, Adam Phelan is super pumped up to start a new chapter, finally escape Minnesota in some ways, right? I mean, you know, he's kind of set up shop a little bit in Florida and now in Charlotte, and, you know, he'll maintain his presence here with with his ETS, you know, performance center businesses and all that. I mean, he's always going to have a presence yeah. in Minnesota. Heck, he's still, you know, endorsing some Minnesota companies like Ambassador Hot Dogs and all that. So, Adam's not going anywhere, right? You can take Dude, him out I- of Minnesota, as he said, but you're not going to take the Minnesota out of Adam. But I just, I found it interesting that, like, even in the last couple weeks, like, him and Kevin O'Connell are staying in touch. And, like, he told me, he goes, I know Jordan Addison's a good player, but he's like, don't sleep on KJ Osborne. Like, KJ can take my spot. Like, he was, he was gushing about the potential of KJ Osborne. So speaking to your point, Judd, about younger, faster, mm-hmm. some of that stuff, I mean that was Adam, his words saying, like, yeah, I know Jordan can play, but yeah, like KJ, like that guy can easily take my job.
0: The only thing I'll say is it Adam did not make it contentious. It did not have to be contentious. And hopefully it won't be contentious going forward because he truly is the ten year history with the Vikings, one of the coolest stories and one of the best players. And the last 20 or 25 years of Vikings football. Um, Before we move on.
2: You're right. I mean, and it wasn't with Eric Hendricks either. Yeah. I mean, so those those are the two main guys. They tried to re-sign Patrick Peterson, right? I mean, he was a free agent, right? So, I mean, that's part of the business. There's no bad blood, Vikings and Patrick Peterson. So, when you talk about those three guys, even with Dalvin Tomlinson, I mean, the Vikings just couldn't touch those Browns numbers. There was genuine interest in re-signing Dalvin Tomlinson. They just couldn't get to those numbers at the Browns through his way so when you think about those four guys but maybe more so Peterson feeling Kendricks maybe more so feeling and Kendricks because those guys were released there's zero bad blood
0: I do want to shout out here our new friends at Modest Brewing in a second here Diggs but do you have any other Viking scoops for us before we transition
2: I think I emptied everything out outside of okay. I did put it on Twitter I think maybe the Pioneer Press wrote a story but I'll verbalize it now Travis Sinclair kid from Rogers Bethel Cool story. He did his pre-draft training with your guy Alex Boone with John Michael Schmitz. He'll be at Vikings rookie mini camp next week. So some NFL teams have their mini camps, the rookie mini camps this weekend. The Vikings are one of the teams that has it next weekend. So cool Boom. story. Travis Sinclair getting an opportunity.
0: So uh, was was talking to the guys before the show here uh, a couple weeks ago. Declan and I specifically had a religious experience we at did. Modest Brewing Company. So. Modest, if you're not familiar, they opened, it's it what, six, seven years old, 2016. It's become one of the coolest craft breweries in the Twin Cities, just steps from Target Field and the Light Rail. And uh, you can see on the YouTube screen here uh, the various delicious cans you can purchase out at almost any liquor store in the Twin Cities the Super Deluxe Premium Lager, the Super Deluxe Sea Salt Lime. In the tap room, I want to highlight specifically the Crooked Forest Smoked Lager was one of legitimately I am thirty-seven years old. I think I have my first beer. I was kind of a I was kind of a a sheltered high school kid. Let's just say around the age of twenty-one. Sure. This was one of the three best beers I have ever had in my life. The Crooked Forest Smoke Lager in the tap room at Modest Declan.
1: Yeah, there's some great options there on a hot day. You know, maybe you're maybe you're heading to the Twins game and you want to get a little uh, spot in there to get a nice little cold one in on the patio. It's a great spot and get some sunshine and enjoy a nice beer. I personally uh, love the sea salt lime, hard seltzer too. So it's got some seltzers for this guy. It's got some great options for any if you're a, a beer lover, like you want an ale or an IPA. Uh, Modest is a great spot. I've been going there a lot. I live in the North Loop. I actually should just be paying rent to Modest, to be honest. I've, I've been there so many <laughs> they times. They probably appreciate that, And actually, and actually yeah. they would probably help <laughs> that out. So
2: go check out Modest Brewing. Great spot.
0: Yeah, tap in the North Loop. Cans available in liquor stores throughout the Metro. Um, all right, Dugues. I could go for a
2: beer after watching the Twins piss away those two games the last two days. Yeah, what are they doing? Going uh... to Target Field. Griffin Jacks.
1: Griffin Jacks is just struggling.
2: Stuff wasn't all that bad. It's not Griffin Jacks' fault in my mind, at least, Judd. Like, Correa up with the bases loaded. Buxton up with the bases loaded. you got to barrel up a ball there. Right? I didn't like the strategy of taking Joey Gallo out of the game last night. There's There's a bunch of stuff I can nitpick. I mean... The division stinks. I think there's enough of a sample size to suggest the yep. Twins can win the Central, but I'm all about ending this 18-game playoff losing streak. So you need to build habits now that can carry into October. You know, I kind of want to, get to I'm,
0: I kind of wanted to get to 20 before they break it. You know, they, they, they can they can let it get to 20 and no. still move on, right? Why they can. Then go, they, no, they could. yeah, I mean, they it's could like the Roman games, Reigns, Reigns title streak. Sure. I want th- I want a thousand days at this point for oh. Roman Reigns. We're no, so wait. close. Let's get to 20 for the Twins and then and then roll off a few and still but win the first, first round. the still three right now.
2: Right? Well, right? It's best of five, so you can lose games it's one best of five. Two. Oh, okay, it's best of it five. Okay, yeah. of I, I can't keep it straight anymore. I can't keep it straight either. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was best of five, but just they're one sucks. of those mini-series, is it like the six and seven seed, are they playing, or is that a one-game deal? I don't remember. There's a, there's, a couple of If you're division champ, you automatically I, go into a best-of-five series. I, just win a playoff game. The point is, I think you're right, Phil, there might be an opportunity where you can lose game one, lose game two. Win game three, win game four, win game
0: five. Hey, would you? You can answer this based on your own thought or if you have any information for us. But at this point, if Michael Taylor stays healthy and Buxton's played in all but like a small handful of the games so far, I mean, is he just going to DH until? To me, I think it makes sense. Unless Michael Taylor gets hurt, you probably just keep rolling with Buxton at DH, right?
2: That's the plan right now. I mean, you know, I can't necessarily, you know, look into the crystal ball and tell you, okay, this is how August is going to look. But, yeah, for the foreseeable future, this is the plan. There are no immediate plans for Byron Buxton to play in center field. Yes, part of it is Michael A. Taylor has been really, really good. In fact, you Mm -hmm. know, nothing's really picked up. But, like, he's a guy the Twins want beyond this year. So he's a free agent. But at some point, the Twins are going to have some extension talks on the Michael A. Taylor front. But, yes, for right now, they're fine. It's all about keeping Buxton's bat in the lineup. That the bat is such a difference maker that, you know, I mean, Phil, you would know the numbers better than I, but on a per-game basis, how busy is a center fielder, right? And what's the difference of, okay, can Buxton make a play that Michael A. Taylor can't? Just talking in center field, right? I mean, on a per-game basis, with strikeouts, you know, continuing to go, you know, pretty high, right? Like how many balls are put in play that go to the center fielder and how many of those plays would Buxton make that Taylor doesn't? I, have I would to imagine so, it would be very minuscule.
0: I'll give it, I'll, I'll give you the sort of the analytical slant here. If Buxton were to play, let's say, 130 games as a center fielder versus 130 games as a DH, he'd probably go from being a six or seven wins above replacement player to like a three wins above replacement player. So there's probably a three win gap. But if you're asking the question you're asking, which is how much better is Buxton than Taylor in the outfield. Not, I mean, Buxton's getting older too. So I would, I would say overall, the question is if you were to put Buxton in center field and replace Michael Taylor, for instance, on the roster with a DH that can, like Nelson Cruz from a few years ago.
2: Well, or Alex Kirloff, right? I mean, that's yeah, that's the talking point. In fact, I'm heading over. But to But Buxton's see if not playing later that later many games; in he'll get hurt. And,
0: that yeah. would be
2: the idea that Kirloff could be <laughs> in the lineup if Buxton could play center field. But Taylor's been good enough offensively that I'm fine with the way it's going right now. To me, it's most important to have Bucks bat in the lineup. So if they've come to the conclusion that he can avoid injury even just slightly by not playing center field, I'm okay with that. And I get it. He can get hurt batting. He absolutely can hurt can get hurt batting. Yeah. But if they think that they've done the research, I will defer to them on that. As long as Buck's back and be in the lineup.
1: Yeah. He can't help himself, too. If, if you put him no, up, out there, I mean, he's going right. to run into the damn wall and him get himself. hurt. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and the most important thing is the contract doesn't make this as big a problem as it could. If he had signed the big contract, then it's like, okay, dude, you got to play the outfield. But he signed a contract where I think at the time we're all like, that's not that big a contract for a, a guy of that talent. Well, we now know why. And the thing about the Twins, too, is they're calculated as hell. I I mean, last March, they had a plan to try to get the guy to 100 games. They didn't fess up to it because they were hoping that he'd exceed probably that amount of games. So I actually think that this is, they've done a lot of dumb things. This is actually, I'm fine with it.
2: No, well, I mean, it's an interesting point you make on them being very calculated. I mean, you know, we heard some buzz in January about the potential of a six man rotation. Yep. Well, in reality, it was, okay, we're going to give guys an extra day here or there. So that was always the plan. Like, that first time that Bailey over started a few weeks ago, like, that was calculated weeks prior. Mm-hmm. Trust me. So they're very, very deliberate with, with a lot of things. That's just another example.
0: Yeah. All right, Dukes, because uh, we got to get to our guy Randy Vikes, 69, who uh, wants credit for something. So we're going to do that. But give us a, give us a minute of rapid-fire scoops. What's left in your bag?
2: Sure. So Elijah Hawkins, transfer guard from Howard, 24-7 first with the news, but he will visit the Gophers this weekend. I caught up with Bobby Marks of ESPN. I'll put it on the next Scoop podcast. We did a deep dive on a lot of Wolves talking points post-mortem here. So one of them was Jaden McDaniels. What will that contract look like? Tim Connolly was very frontal last week saying, hey, that first day in early July, when we can present Jaden his representation with an extension offer, we will do so. So Bobby said, you know, because I've brought up Mikael Bridges a bunch, he Mm -hmm. goes, no, like that's a sweetheart deal that now the Nets have. But you need to look at like DeAndre Hunter, four years, 90, then you need to go above that. And with the new CBA rules, they can actually offer, it doesn't need to be a max, but they could go to five years for Jaden. So Mm -hmm. Bobby marks throughout 5-120 or 5-125. Like, that's a crap ton of money. When you start thinking yeah. about luxury tax ramifications in a couple of years, it's not next year, but in two years, Cat's super max kicks in. In two years, you think about the money Cat is making, Go Bear is making, Anthony Edwards making, yeah. Jaden McDaniels making. It is nuts. Also on Cat, Bobby was very, very direct on this. It is much easier to trade Cat now. Than a year from now. Could you trade him a year from now? Absolutely. But at that point, before the Supermax, you know, kicks in, you know, this time next year he'd be at like, you know, on the verge of making 49 million. It's really hard to match up the money. These new CBA rules, you're not going to be able to do 125% of money or 120%. Like the way the wolves are set up, they're going to almost have to go dollar for dollar. And so to go dollar for dollar on a cat trade in a year would be really, really hard. So if you're thinking about trading cat, yes, it makes a lot more sense to do it now, this summer, compared to next summer. Now, I lay all that out until I hear otherwise, Phil. I just haven't heard any sort of cat trade buzz.
0: Yeah. Well, if you're looking for five cat trade ideas earlier this week on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Joe, you can find those five cat trade ideas from yours truly, old Mackadac. So uh, let us know in the comment section if you love or hate them. Doogie, great stuff, man.
2: You got to fill two more things. Tanner Morgan, the former Gopher quarterback, got $25,000 as an undrafted free agent with the Steelers. Nash Jensen, Osseo High School, former North Dakota State Bison starting offensive lineman. He got $100,000 as an undrafted free agent to sign with the Carolina Panthers. Nice. All
0: right, there he is. Darren Doogie Wolfson on this reckless speculation Thursday. Speculation. Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd. You're home for daily Minnesota sports entertainment, therapy, and speculation. And uh, on another episode today, our guy Randy in Cottage Grove, he, he wants credit for something, and we're going to – We'll talk. We'll, we'll hear him Draft wise, he usually deserves it. I'll give him that. We'll hear him out. We'll right. hear him out. Okay. okay.